Welcome to the Cedar Break, a public affairs show on KSUUFM Thunder 91.1. On the Cedar Break, we touch on public issues and topics in Iron County and Southern Utah University. And now on Thunder 91, thanks for joining us for today's Cedar Break. Welcome back to the Cedar Break. I'm Andrea with Christina Schweiss. And today we are going to be talking a little bit about something different to end off the year. Instead of talking about what we really get from the end of the school year, I think we're going to focus a little more on the giving aspect of the end of the year. So today we have brought with us a special guest. What is your name? My name is Aiden Gates. Hello, Aiden Gates. And who are you representing today? Uh, So I'm from the SEU Michael Levitt Center for Politics and Public Service. Um, Near the end of the year, the Levitt Center has been kind of working towards more of like a chair opportunity. So what exactly was like the charity for or like what was all the stuff for? Yeah, so we partnered with the International Rescue Committee's Salt Lake City office. Basically, we did two main things. First was gathering donations of like hygiene products and stuff, stuff that like is in pretty high demand for refugees in the state of Utah. And also we did a silent auction, which definitely helped out with the monetary aspect of things. So what kind of inspired this kind of jump to action? Because, you know, we usually talk about, oh, what we can, can we do to help people out. So yeah, just what kind of inspired this increase of action and participation for refugee service? So, I mean, one of the biggest things was just that since February of 2022, when the uh, invasion of Ukraine started, refugee relief efforts have just been run really thin and it's estimated there are more than 60,000 refugees in the state of Utah. And so it's really just trying to help them as best as we can, because, you know, as I said, like services and stuff are very, very thin right now. And so if we can do even a little bit just to help that's really what it comes down to because you know you can you can say I support this or this is a good thing but actually doing something about it is what makes the difference and I want to go into like the process of how you chose to do this or like was it someone suggested an idea or was it the whole group of you or did you all just agree that you wanted to do this it's definitely been been a process it's changed a ton you know it definitely wasn't just okay here's the idea and then it was executed perfectly there's been changes left and right but the biggest thing was just one of the other people who works at the, the Levitt Center, he really wanted to do something to support refugees. And there was this long running joke about smelting bullets to send to Ukraine. <laughs> of course, that never happened and never would. But, you know, that's that's just something that he's always been coming back to like the entire year. And so it was it was mostly his idea. But I mean, over the last month or two, it's definitely become a something that affects the entire team, not just his own personal event. And if I recall correctly, um, a lot of the efforts for this particular service event has been targeted specifically for Utah-based refugees. What kind of drew the inspiration for making it more of a local thing. I think it's really easy to just, you know, throw money at something and say, oh, look at us, we're doing something good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's it's a lot more personal. I feel like people who are coming to the event, they have a, a better connection when you can say, well, look at this, it's affecting people who live in your state, you know? A ton of people come from up north, that's where a lot of the refugees are, and you can easily say, well, look at us, we're helping your community through this event. And so I feel like I feel like it's just a way to get people to be more involved with it. Okay, awesome. So, as I recall correctly, this uh, charity event has kind of take is in two parts, right? Um, as you mentioned, there was uh, like a donation section and a more monetary section. So why 
um, was the focus of the donations mostly on household items slash hygiene items as opposed to food? Because I feel like food is a very popular donation. So it kind of inspired the different direction of what you wanted. So, I mean, one of the biggest things is uh, whenever you look at like a food pantry, mm -hmm. you know, it's when there are large scale food drives, a lot of people just kind of use it as excuses to clear out their pantry. And so uh, you get yeah. a lot of expired food, a lot of damaged food and stuff like that. And another thing is just that um, a lot of organizations that support refugees in the state of Utah, they don't necessarily provide food. They provide like hygiene products and stuff. Mm. Like there's um, there's one that is partnered with the International Rescue Committee and basically they set up apartments and houses. It's called Lifting yeah, Lifting Hands International. Oh, okay. And one of the biggest things is while they do set up the houses, they don't necessarily provide like plates and stuff like that. And so oh, you want hygiene items, you want like general appliance or like kitchen appliances and stuff like that. And then I just want to know, were there any worries going on through your mind on like how we were going to execute this or how things were going to run? Or was it just like, we know what we're doing type of thing? Um, so if I'm being completely honest, I haven't been as involved as some other people, but there definitely has been a lot of stress around this because this has been planned for over two months and, yeah. you know, just trying to decide what to do how to do it properly it's it's been stressful on some people not as much me of course mm -hmm. but i don't know it's it's been a process. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you know off the top of your head, like some of the process that some other people had to go through in order to make this happen? Because like, yeah, you're involved, but there are several different delegations having to go on. So do you know anybody else's experiences of like how they had to make this happen? Friends or coworkers and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So um, the main person who's spearheading this event, John Jones, he's been working a lot on marketing over the last two months. Mm -hmm. And so he's been, you know, talking to a lot of people um, who are in charge of like student government at the university, just trying to get advertising out there. He's he's really been planning a lot of it. And so he's he's been really stressed, you know. He's been rolling with the punches though, for That's lack good. of a better term, because, you know, it'll be this way and then two days later it'll be completely flipped. And so, you know, he's been he's been doing the greatest that he can. And it's incredible to see this event come together. As we mentioned, there's two events happening. Um, and as we've been talking about this, so we have talked a little bit about the donation aspect of it, but um there's also something that I don't think I've seen a whole lot at least not at SUU where we're having like a silent auction so what kind of inspired to do an auction instead of asking straight up for monetary donations we we definitely have we've we've had a little money box in the Levitt Center that we've been taking donations for oh, okay and it's it's very difficult to get I mean even just people into the Levitt Center but moreover it's difficult to actually get them to want to donate. Mm -hmm. But if you can tell them, hey, you're getting something out of this, you know, you can get one of these really cool baskets that we have, then I feel like they're more inclined to give money for this cause rather than just us saying, it's a really good thing and you should do it. There's actual incentive. Cool. And so after all your events and everything you have going on, how else besides money could people help with this cause? Um, so there are just a ton of organizations in the state of Utah. There's a couple scholarships, stuff like that, that definitely just help as best as they can. You know, they take monetary donations, they take physical donations of items, you know, and so if you want to get in contact with them, they can tell you what they need, or you can just most of the time donate directly through their website. That's probably one of the easiest ways to do it. Do you think based on your experience with this, that the Levitt Center or SEU in general will try to continue these types of service projects of like different types of service, like donations, auctions, 
that kind of stuff. Do you think that's something you can envision happening in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something I would love to see. You know, you can't necessarily predict the future with it, but I think that it definitely would be because I mean, we're we're looking very brightly to the future of service at SUU, and so I'd say that there is definitely a possibility that this could change things at least within the Levitt Center, but. Again, no promises or anything. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, like from your own personal experience, whether it be just being like community service or as part of the Levitt Center, what would you say to listeners about the importance of service and community involvement? Why should people care about this kind of stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, really what it boils down to, you know, is just everyone are people. That's not a good way of putting it. But, you know, uh, if we don't look out for each other, you know, nobody's going to look out for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what it boils down to is just, you know, everyone, everyone in the community has to care for each other or else nobody will be cared about. So I feel like that's, that's kind of just the big takeaway is it's there. People are in unfortunate situations, you know, and if that didn't happen, then that would be great. But here we are. So, you know, we can do, or we should do what we can for these people. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So you said that you're doing this through the Levitt Center, um, but some people maybe, as you mentioned, sometimes it's hard to get people in the Levitt Center and maybe that's because they don't really know what the Levitt Center really is or what it's about. So what would you say to listeners who maybe don't know what the Levitt Center is? Like how would you explain like what it is and what their goals are to someone who doesn't know? Yeah, so we are a nonpartisan center basically to inform people. That's like the biggest thing that we do. We hold events centered around public policy and stuff like that, that we just try to give people information as best as possible. We open up for discourse if people would like to share whatever they have to say. That's the big thing that I would say the Levitt Center is about. But then when you start looking into, you know, the finer details, public service is definitely a big part of it, including donations, humanitarian work, stuff like that. Service is a great thing that we strive for within the Levitt Center. We try to share everything that we can about service projects, not only through our organization, but others around campus just to try to get as many people who are working with us involved and those who might just be walking through the student center and just happen to see, oh, there's something that I could do to help. Cool. And so how did you personally get involved with the Levitt Center? Did you just come across it one day or is that something you're interested in or is it your major? How did you find the Levitt Center and that group? Yeah, it basically was just a place that I saw. I mean, I I came out of high school kind of knowing what I wanted to do, and I knew what direction I wanted to take my career, but I wasn't exactly sure. And it just kind of followed suit, you know, as a political science major, that's just kind of the place to be. Of course, you know, we have people of all disciplines working there. That's one of the, I feel like the biggest things is that people see the word politics above the door and yeah. they think, oh, well, <laughs> run the this other way. My, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is not my spot. But yeah, I don't know. I I just kind of gravitated towards it. That's you know? awesome. It's nice to have a, a spot. Mm-hmm. Very true. What would you say has been some of your favorite stuff to do at the Levitt Center? Whether it be like on the more political side or more on the community involvement side, what would you say has been your favorite part? I mean, I think that most people would agree when I say this, but every Wednesday at noon, we have our pizza and politics. Oh, event. yeah. Yeah, I've been the to best. a few of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think that that's just, you know, it's, it's a really easy thing to get people into. And the explanations are really good and in-depth, but still digestible. And so I feel like personally, that's that's one of my favorite things that we do is just, you know, it's it's a way to inform people very, very easily. Very and cool. so when speaking of pizza and politics, when you have a topic you're supposed to discuss, do you get to choose that topic or is it chosen for you? Or do you have certain guidelines you have to follow? Um. So 
As part of the application process, actually, you list a question, and if the leadership team likes it at the Levitt Center, then it may be a pizza and politics for the next semester. So it's not necessarily that you choose the topic. You can definitely influence the topics by what you put down on the application, but uh, it's basically that you're assigned a topic, and then if it's something super broad, you can decide what direction to take it. You can just cover it broadly if you'd like. You get the topic, and then you can kind of determine what you want to do with it. What do you? What would you say have been either your favorite or the most interesting slash engaging topics that you've personally got to experience at that event? On April 12th, me and a coworker at the Levitt Center uh, got to do conspiracy theories as Ooh. our kind of oh, nice. end of year bash for Was that with Katie? Sorry. It was not. No. Oh, okay. I just saw Kate, Katie yesterday. So that's why I was like, wait. Yeah. And it was just, it was super fun because, you know, it's, it's definitely lighthearted talking about theories like that. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was really fun to research because it's, it's really interesting to see like the things that people will claim. And, you know, the, the reasoning is there. It's just, yeah, that was that was probably my personal favorite that I've done in terms of what other people have done. We had a really good one about public lands, which, you know, definitely not as entertaining as conspiracy theories. That's but it's still important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was really cool to learn about how lands are controlled in the United States and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. Cool. Why do you think it's important for people to understand more of like, I don't want to say political, but more of the like logistical Ma- um, understanding of how things work. Like, why do you, how do you think that affects their desire to kind of be more involved in the community, even if it's not on the more political side? Because as you were saying, you don't necessarily have to like politics to be involved in helping others out and to be involved in the community. Why do you think it's important to know that stuff regardless? Yeah. If that made any sense, that was <laughs> a very layered question. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, c- correct me if my response isn't proper, but I feel like one of the biggest things is just that if you are living in the United States or in a specific state or in a local municipality, you know, you have rules and regulations that you have to follow and you have to understand how those relate to other people. So I think that's one of the biggest things is just understanding kind of how the system that you're in works, because if you can understand that, then you can understand, oh, well, the government is doing this to help these people, but also there's this regulation that might hinder people. And so if you want to be concerned about what it is that affects maybe not even yourself, but just people, then you have to know how the system itself works. I, I never thought of it that yeah. way. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, maybe. And then I just want to know what do you have a plan? Well, first, what grade are you in? And then if you're close to graduation, do you know what your plans are for the future or what you want as a future career? So I am actually a second semester freshman right now. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Sorry. You seem way older. In a good <laughs> it's it's way. the maturity. I, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm not 100% sure. I think law school might be in the future, but... You, know, that's you have okay. time. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. time to figure it out. Is there a particular aspect of law that you're interested in? Not necessarily. Nothing that I've looked into properly yet. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was just curious. Could you remind listeners again where they can go for both either Levitt Center or service opportunities on campus or in the community? Just as a kind of a wrap up thing for them. Yeah. So um, SEU Serve through the Community Engagement Center, they're definitely a great resource when it comes to service Mm -hmm. in Cedar City and for stuff on campus, especially. The Levitt Center, we do service projects every now and then. Sometimes they're only for our team, but other times we open them up to the public. So definitely be on the lookout for stuff on Instagram, stuff on our social medias. Come in person if you'd like. We can talk about it. Fantastic. Um, Any other thoughts of any kind for our listeners? Uh, Nothing for me, no. Okay. Well, thank you, Aiden, so much for coming
coming in and sharing so much great information about the Levitt Center and service opportunities through them and through the school. And yeah, just thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit better. It's been awesome getting to know you. And for you listeners, um, we're so grateful that you've been able to be here with us throughout the semester and throughout the school year. And don't forget, as we've been listening, that yes, this is the end of the year. And you have been given so much as a student, so now is a great time to give back to those around you, especially those who need it most. So, again, this is a wrap-up for the Cedar Break. This is Andrea. And Christina. With our special guest. Aiden Gates. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Cedar Break on Thunder 91.1. You can listen to this show every Saturday at 10 a.m. here on Thunder 91. And you can catch it as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts, and on sunews.net slash ksuu. 